We see so much in this life that we question. You know, we don't have really any good answers for. Why do people do this? Why do people do that? Why do they say this? Why do they say that? Why do people act this way? Or why don't they do this? Why do people do things that, from the outside looking in, really don't seem right? Let's not, if we are, let's not continue to look through some kind of rose-colored glasses Let's get out our magnifying glass. Let's get out our microscopes this evening and examine some common frailties. These these questions that I'm going to ask this evening are, are really common frailties. Many of us have been caught up into some of these questions. I'm I'm not perfect at all by any means. I've been caught up in in some of these. Maybe some of you are, are caught up in these. These are common frailties to Christians. These are common frailties to non-Christians. And you may be caught up in one of these, for lack of a better word, frailties tonight. And, and once examined, it's my hope that these, these frailties, if they are common to your life, it's my hope that you will grow stronger and overcome them once you know that they're in your life. You, you may not know that this is happening to you. And that's my, that's my hope this, this evening to, to point that out maybe and help you to grow. Get something out of your life that's making you weak. It, it, turn your Bible, if you will, to John chapter 8. John chapter 8. I'm going to read verses 45 and, and 46. And I'm going to leave verse 47 to the end. In John chapter 8, Jesus faces a gauntlet. <laughs> of Pharisees and disciples and questions and answers and doctrine. Chapter 8 is a busy chapter for Jesus. Jesus said in John chapter 8, verse 45, Because I tell you the truth, you do not believe me. It is true. It is true. People today would... Rather believe a lie than believe the truth. People would rather believe lies that man comes up with than believe the truth that's found in God's Word. Jesus said, verse 46, If I tell you the truth, why do you not believe me? Did people care then, do you think? Do people care today? Do we live in a world filled with apathy? Is the church? Is the church filled with apathy? Do you care? Here's a question. Here's a common frailty. I'm just throwing this question out there. Why don't people attend Sunday night and Wednesday night? 
Why don't they? You know, I, I put in the bulletin. If you didn't get a bulletin, it's, it's back here in the back. Uh, uh, Brother Eddie, he... Where are you? Eddie Burdell, he's in the back. You messed me up. Um, Brother Eddie always totals up the end of the month and I try to total up the end of the year Bible class we had 128 average Bible class Sunday morning services 160 Sunday night services 120 Wednesday night services I think this is because of you Sammy 130 We got a budget of twenty seven hundred and our contribution on average was twenty seven twenty four. Good. Fourteen baptisms. Ten restorations. Eight place membership. And I, I got this wrong. I say six left, eight left. I forgot about Alan Sue Clark. They went to California. Why don't people attend Sunday night, Wednesday night? Bible class, you know, from our numbers, if you can look at the number right there, from what I understand, Fountainhead is way above the national average in the, in the, in the church. You know, you know, where my mom and dad go, you have almost a thousand people come on Sunday morning, but almost 200 on Sunday night and Wednesday night. So, I mean, the gap is even bigger, even in larger congregations. So, you know, according to the national average, we're doing fairly well. But where are those 30 to 40 people in 2012? Where were they? Where, where did they go? Who attend Sunday a.m., but, but did not, could not, would not attend Bible class or Sunday evening, Wednesday night. In my opinion about our society, and this is my opinion about society, okay? My opinion about our society and the apathy that, that really is a major player in our society today. But it's, it's, it was true in the time of Jesus here in, in John chapter 8. And it, I believe it's true of the church today as well. People have a problem with authority. People have a problem with authority. Hebrews chapter 13 verse 12 tells us to obey those who rule over you and be submissive. And that's hard to do for the selfish in our society. That's hard to do for the selfish in the church. The elders have set times for us to study, learn, worship God. They watch out for and will give an account, it says here, for our souls. Our leaders. They want us to grow closer to God, but to not show up because 
Well, fill in the blank. Is tantamount to selfishness? I've heard our elders talk before. I know I'm not saying anything they have never said. They are very well aware of times when someone must miss scheduled services. I mean, there are times. But is there an abuse of their authority? I think so. I think so. Many say, well, I only have to go on Sunday once. And that in a nutshell proves my point. That in a nutshell shows resistance to authority. Hey, questions abounds. I got abound. I've got lots of questions. We don't have time for all the questions and the answers this evening. Why don't people go to their brother when there's a problem? Why not? You know, I've heard our elders say it time and time again about this as well. Chad, you get up there and you've preached it and you've preached it and you've preached it and yet still folks want to go to everybody else rather than to the one they've got a problem with. They want to talk about it to everybody else rather than the one they need to talk to it about. If you have a problem with a brother or sister who sinned against you, Matthew chapter 18 verse 15 says, Go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. And if you have wronged someone, make it right before you even go to worship. Turn in your Bibles, turn in your Bibles over to Matthew chapter 5 verses 22 and 23, excuse me, 23 and 24. Underline this. This is Jesus talking to some Jewish listeners. This is Jesus at the Sermon on the Mount. He's talking to some Jewish listeners. He told those listeners at the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 5, verse 23 and 24, if you're going to make an offering, so they're going to take an offering to the temple, all right? If you go and make an offering and remember that your brother has a problem with you, leave your gift and settle the matter first before you even worship. Can Christians truly worship God in spirit and in truth with hate, evil thoughts, and meanness in their heart? So many questions, so little time. Why don't people believe the truth? Jesus asked the question in John chapter 8. It sets one free, John 8, 32. The truth will make you free. Paul said in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 17, that it's understandable. The truth is, can be understood. It's understandable. John said that the, the, the things he wrote down in his gospel were given as factual evidence in John chapter 20 that we may believe that Jesus Christ, Jesus is the Christ and have life because we believe the truth. Jesus is the truth. John 14 verse 6. Believe it. 
I don't know if you've ever noticed this before. Turn your Bibles to 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 13. Believing the truth is the way that God chooses His people. You ever thought about that? Believing the truth is the way that God chooses His people. If you believe the truth, it says in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 13, if you believe the truth, God chose you from the beginning for salvation through sanctification by the Spirit, notice, and belief in the truth. If you haven't obeyed, uh, if you haven't obeyed, if you if you don't o- believe the truth, you haven't been chosen. Do you know whether or not you've obeyed the truth or not? Do you have any doubt in the back of your mind? The truth sanctifies us, John seventeen seventeen. Those who believe and are baptized are saved. But if you don't believe, you're damned already. You will perish. Look up at 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 10 through 12. Because, it says, you will perish because you did not receive a love of the truth that you might be saved. You get that kind of faith from God's Word, Romans 10, 17. But why don't people want to search the Scriptures? Why don't they? You know, we live in a fairly free society. Every one of us, we've, we've got copies and copies of the Bibles in our homes. There's nobody, we we do not have to fear in our nation somebody coming through the back door and saying, you better not read your Bible and hold a gun to our head. You better not search the scriptures in your home. There are no barriers, no hindrances, no physical persecutions associated with us reading our Bible, associated with us searching the scriptures. Jesus is the Word, John 1, 1. Jesus has the words of life, John 6, 68. Jesus said that the Scriptures testify of Him, John 5, 39. In other words, to know about Jesus, one must search the Scriptures. If you want to get close to Jesus, if you want to know about Jesus Christ, if you want to make Him Lord of your life, if you want to walk as He walked, Talk as he talked. You've got to read your Bible. Why don't people? We really need to study 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 15. We really need to study, number one, to be approved of God. That's really the only approval that we need to be seeking when we study our scriptures. Number two, so that we won't be ashamed. One of these days, Jesus Christ is going to come back. He's going to take flaming fire vengeance out on those who do not know God and on those who do not obey the gospel of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And if you don't read your Bible, you do not know God. How can you know the most powerful being in the universe without listening to what He has to say? 
We really need to study our Bibles, number three, so we can rightly divide the word of truth. God's word is truth. We need to know how to handle it. Like I said this morning, we need to be able to give a reason for the hope that's in us, right? So let's study our Bibles. The psalmist wrote in Psalm 119, 104, that it's through the precepts, the precepts, the commands, the, the, the rules of God that we get our understanding. Paul went on to tell Timothy, 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 16 and 17, that the Scriptures will, will, will furnish us, will, will make us complete. The Scriptures will, will build us up. Acts chapter 20, verse 32. Have you ever been blue? Have you ever been sad? Have you ever cried because something's happened in your life? Read the Bible. It's a promise. It'll build you up. It'll edify you. You won't be blue long. Jesus said the Word would judge us in the last day. I don't know why people won't read their Bibles. It'll build you up. It'll edify you. It'll make you complete. It's also how we're going to be judged. Why don't people just obey God? Why don't you just obey? You know, we always look at those silly old Israelites. Those silly old Israelites stumbling through the desert for 40 years, right? We look at them and we think, why didn't they just obey God? That's, that's, that's the case of one finger pointing out and four, four point, three pointing back at you, isn't it? We shake our heads at their disobedience when we're, we're really just as bad. Why don't, why, don't old people, why don't people obey the Lord? Those who love Him do. Jesus said over and over, John chapter 14, verse 15. John chapter 14, verse 21. John chapter 14, verse 23. John chapter 14 is full of it. That if you love me, you'll obey me. It's true. If, if you love me, you'll obey me. Jesus said that His friends obey Him. John, John chapter 15, verse 14, Jesus said, If you are my friend, you do what I tell you. To have salvation, one must obey the Lord. Hebrews chapter 5, verse 9, Jesus is the author of eternal salvation to all who obey Him. If you want to go to heaven, you've got to do the will of God. Matthew 7, 21. To fail to obey to neglect, to obey, to refuse to obey is to be destroyed. 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 17. Listen to me, church. For the time has come for judgment to begin at the house of God. Here. And if it begins with us first... What will be the end of those who do not obey the gospel of God? Let the Bible answer itself. Here's, here's the answer to that question. 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, verses 7-9. through 9, Jesus Christ is coming back one day with His angels and with a trumpet. With the trumpet of God, He's going to take flaming fire vengeance out on those who do not obey the gospel and those who do not know God. 
Jesus commanded us. Commanded us to obey the Lord. To love our enemies. Matthew chapter 5. Verses 43 and 44. To do unto others as we would have done to us. Matthew 7 verse 12. To repent of our sins. Luke chapter 13 verse 3. Jesus commanded us to seek His Father's kingdom first. Matthew chapter 6 verse 33. To believe and be baptized. Mark chapter 16 verse 16. And Jesus requires us to be faithful in all these things until death. Revelation chapter 2 and verse 10. Why won't people obey? Why is it? Do they just not care? Why don't people care? Turn back to our beginning scripture, John chapter 8, verse 47. I told you I was going to hang on to it till the end. Jesus said this, He who is of God hears God's words. Therefore, You do not hear because you are not of God. Could that be said of you? How sad if that's said of you this evening. People usually do what they want to do. Do you? was my hope this evening to examine closely some frailties that are common to to many of us, common to Christians and non-Christians. Common frailties of man that maybe you identify with one. Maybe you identify with more than one of these. Is it a problem for you spiritually to attend Sunday night on a regular basis? Is it a problem for you spiritually to attend Wednesday night or Bible class on Sunday morning? Do you have a problem with with authority, maybe? You know, I told the breakfast yesterday, the men's breakfast at Bethany, this past year I read... Uh, a book called Strong Fathers, Strong Daughters by uh, a Dr. Meeker was her name. And, and um, she said one of the main things that fathers need to teach their daughters, and I believe this is something that parents need to teach their children. This is something I believe the church needs to teach the membership. The elders need to teach the membership. Humility. We need to be more humble. Fathers need to teach their daughters. Mothers need to teach their sons. We all need to teach each other how to be humble. We need to humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God Almighty. And that means putting ourselves under subjection to the elders of the local congregation. 
you have a problem with your brother or sister? Does this problem that you have, this, this problem, let's, let's just lay the problem right here for just a minute. Let's lay it right there. Does this problem, let's examine it just a second. Does this problem that you have, is it keeping you from worshiping in spirit and in truth? What can you do? You know what to do. As the elders have said, and they are correct, you have been told go to that person. Go to your brother. Go to your sister. Work out this problem. Get, get, get rid of it. Get it behind you. So that you can worship God in spirit and in truth. Do you have a problem with the truth found in the pages of the Bible? You'd be surprised. You'd be very surprised how many Christians, how many folks that I talk to on a regular basis have a problem with the Bible. Or Christians have been baptized into Jesus Christ and have a problem with, with some of the things that are found in the Scriptures. Does the Bible seem too far-fetched? Do the Scriptures seem too unreal? Is the truth... Maybe it's the truth. Maybe that's too hard to obey. Is that the problem? Maybe the truth is too hard to obey. You know... I'm reminded of Naaman back in 1 Kings... 2 Kings, I'm sorry... And he uh, was told to go wash in the River Jordan seven times. He had leprosy all over his body. Told to go wash in the Jordan River seven times. And he fussed and fumed about that. Well, I've got plenty of rivers I could go to. And his, his, his servant said, if he had told you to do something, basically, if, you to, if he had told you to do something hard, would you have done it? Is obeying the truth, is that what's holding you up? Is walking down the aisle and being baptized, confessing Jesus Christ before others and being baptized in the water, is that, is that, is that hard for you? Is in front of the crowd, well, hey, let's, let's meet afterwards. Let's meet, let's meet just me and you. But I want you to tell the world tonight. I want you to tell the world. I want you to tell everyone here at least. When I ask you the question, is... Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God, I want you to say, yes, I believe that. Maybe that's causing you a problem. Does it cause you to have a problem with reading your Bible? Does faith seem like a foreign concept to you? It is for a lot of Christians. 
You know, that's one of, the, one of the main questions that I'm asked about all the time. How do you increase your faith? How do you have faith when times are bad? What, what do I do when such and such happens or when somebody says such and such to me? What, what do I do as a, as a young Christian, as a new Christian, as a restored Christian? That's one of the main things that I get asked a lot about. And there's only one true answer. There's only one real answer that I can give. Only one Bible answer that's proven to work time and time again. Faith comes from hearing God's Word. You want more faith? Is it a foreign concept to you? Read your Bible. That's the only way I know to increase your faith. And be closer to God, be closer to each other, to be unified. Does the search of the scriptures does it seem like a chore or a privilege? Let's change our let's change our paradigm, okay? Let's change our mindset on that. If it's if it seems like a chore, make it a privilege. Make it a habit. Are you a friend of Jesus? Have you obeyed? Or do you find it scary to walk down this aisle? Hey, hey, let me tell you something. It's not easy standing up in front of a bunch of people. It's not. I still get scared. I do. It's not easy to walk down that aisle, is it, Brian? It's hard to take that that first step, isn't it? Hard to do. But it's easy once you get going, isn't isn't it, brother? It's easy once the locomotion gets moving. It's easy. It comes easier and easier every step you take. Maybe that's the problem. Maybe you're, maybe you're scared. Perfect love drives out fear. Do you love God enough to obey Him? This is probably one of the common frailties for most of us. Do the, do the thorns, do the, do the sticker bushes of life, do they drag you down? Keep you from obeying God? Story of the sower in the seed. Hey, look. Look, look, listen now. Only one in four make it. One's eaten up by the birds. One swallowed up by the rocks. The other one's held down by the thorn bushes. Only one makes it. I want you to be the one. I want you to be the one this evening. Are you seeking... Are you searching? Are you groping like Paul said in Acts chapter 17? Are you groping and and trying to find the truth found only in Jesus Christ? Do you want to obey and be baptized? Or if you have, do you want to live faithfully? Do you care? Do you really, 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 Really care.
you do, come right now. Just together we stand.